there. Welcome back to the Hustle Podcast, Coronavirus 2020 edition. Today, I'm here with my good friend, Chad Engel. Chad is the Director of Product Design at GoDaddy in Austin, Texas. Thanks for making time to be here, Chad. How's it going? Thanks. Appreciate it. No, I'm excited to be here virtually today. Uh, Chad and I broke the rules yesterday and met up to get a, get a mic, but we didn't touch each other or give each other a hug, so we're safe. It's true. We stayed the mandatory six feet away. <laughs> yeah. It was nice. Yes, we uh, did. Uh, it was nice to have a beer with you. I'm looking forward to yeah. seeing you soon. Chad and I met through a mutual friend, Aaron Quinn, from E-House in um, South Carolina. Uh, we didn't get a chance to meet in person, but we got connected over email and uh, became quick friends. And it just turned out that you know he was uh, interested in, in coming to Austin uh, for his new role at GoDaddy. Why don't you take a minute to introduce yourself uh, to our listeners? Sure. Uh, my name is Chad Engel. Uh, as Anthony said, I moved from Charleston, South Carolina recently to Austin, Texas. I've been here about a year. I think the term I most identify with is probably product designer. Before moving to Austin, Texas, I worked at a company called Boomtown. They're a real estate startup. Um, and I started there as the first designer. We had a co-founder who was a designer. I uh, started kind of helping grow the marketing design team, then moved into the product design team. Went from around 30-ish employees to 300. Uh, it was fun fun to see that growth. And then moved recently to Austin, Texas, and now work at GoDaddy. Been there the last year or so, uh, helping build design teams, uh, which has been fun. Awesome. So I think you should talk a little bit about GoDaddy, because I think most people, when they when they hear about GoDaddy, they think uh, domains, right? Obviously, right? Yes, it's like yes. The, you know, it's a, a brand name that everyone associates with domain names. Right. But GoDaddy actually does a lot more. Why don't you unpack a little bit about what GoDaddy's current offering is. And, you know, because I'm sure, sure a lot of people aren't familiar. Yeah, I agree. So GoDaddy is most famous for domains. Uh, that was something that we've done for several years. GoDaddy's been around for a while as a company. I think in the last five years or so, GoDaddy's gotten into software. Uh, and what I'd be my software is we also have e-commerce tools as well as digital marketing tools for small businesses or entrepreneurs. So like they kind of have a side hustle to bring those ideas to life. So we basically have everything from domains all the way through building a website to marketing yourself online to selling things online. Uh, we have tools for all that. And recently, we've kind of doubled down on building a design practice and design team. We've had designers for a while, but have, uh, in the last, I'd say, couple of years, have made a real concerted effort in putting an emphasis on good customer experiences, uh, growing the design practice, and starting to put in some, you know, some some decent ways for us to scale the practice and start to focus more on how we deliver great products to our customers. Yeah, awesome. They're they're doing a lot of really interesting things. You know, I was telling you yesterday, my dad, who's not a very savvy, uh, not very savvy with computers, you know, on his own without any help from any of his kids, figured out how to register a business, create a domain, use GoDaddy's tools to design a design a website that's passable for not a non designer, right? Right, um, right. And and now he's even thinking about e commerce and stuff like that, which is really wild. So there's a there's a there's a pretty deep breadth of, of offerings in terms of the things that you work on. Are you, are you working with teams that span all of that? Or are there certain areas that you have more focus on than others? Yeah, that's a good question. So when I joined a year ago, my answer would be different than today. We're kind of coming out of a uh, reorganization. And usually when people say those, it kind of has like a negative connotation. Ours, however, is a positive connotation. Um, I think 
since GoDaddy's grown over the years, uh, we were kind of focused around products for a while. And as we added more teams and more services, we focused products specifically. Uh, now we're very much oriented around the customer and the customer's journey throughout GoDaddy, which is very, uh, very good because there's, there's not as many seams in that experience. Uh, today, I'm focused on leading teams in both digital marketing, which includes email and social media marketing, as well as e-commerce, which is uh, selling things online that could be products or appointments or services or that kind of thing. Awesome. So, uh, and just real quick, because I'm not even sure I know this, at your previous job prior to GoDaddy, where you, I know you were there for a long time and you saw the team yes. like, grow enormously. Yes. Were, um, were, were you in a director or management capacity at your, at your former gig? I was when I left, yes. When I came in, I was just a product designer uh, and kind of worked on both marketing design and product design. Okay, let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, because I think, you know, one of the number one questions that people ask me is, how do you feel about transitioning from a designer to a design manager or a leader of others, right? Uh, everyone has a different answer for this and has a different perspective on it. So tell me about your transition from being a designer to being a leader of designers. Sure. Uh, I think there was like an inflection point uh, in my career where we had se hired several designers. We didn't have a design manager in place. Uh, we all reported up to one of our co-founders and uh, we got to a point where we didn't have any like systems in place or standards or career paths or that kind of thing. And I was interested in, you know, like what's what's the next level for me? Is that a senior product designer? Is that a design manager? Uh, and we kind of hadn't really hashed through any of that stuff. So I took a took an interest in trying to define that for a design team and helping other designers figure out like what their next step in their career would be. It's definitely a different set of design skills. You know, you're not in the pixels anymore. You're designing the org and how the org functions and who sits where and what meetings they're invited to and that kind of stuff. It's less of the uh, the interactions and that kind of thing. I think for me, like once I got into managing designers, obviously I had no management experience when I got into uh, leading design teams. But to me, the thing that I'm most interested in is like uh, watching the progression from a designer starting with a problem, uh, maybe doing a first pass at the problem, working with that designer, kind of pushing them through to something that I know they're capable of. Because uh, usually as designers, like we'll settle on the first answer we come to. But I think you, if you kind of push past that first answer, you'll come to like something really interesting. So to me, that's like what excites me the most is watching somebody kind of go from, you know, step one to step four in their design process and kind of light up along the way and see the awesome thing they made towards the end. That's why I enjoy managing designers. Yeah, same here. I, I I hit a certain point personally where I found more joy in watching others be successful than taking, you know, doing the work myself and feeling, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, not everyone has the same perspective, so I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, of course. I mean, like you, I mean, I think my experience has been similar. I've been in the industry for a long time, and I really only needed to become a manager like in the last seven years, but more specifically in the last three years, you know, when the, when right. the team grew these are all new skills that I, you know, I didn't have, you know, what are some of the things that inspire you or inspired you? Like, what are some of the things that you think are really helpful for, you know, people that are going through a transition like that to be referent, like books or re resources or ways of thinking that can help someone with that, those kinds of transitions? That's a great question. Uh, two people I can think of offhand that I read a lot of their material. One is Cap Watkins and one is Julie Zhu. Uh, Julie Zhu was at Facebook, recently left. Cap Watkins has been at BuzzFeed uh, and several other companies. And both of them are very open with their careers and life and where they've gone. 
and it's interesting to get other people's opinions on on where you should go. Um, I think a lot of management, though, is is like learning by doing. Um, and it might not be the same situation over and over again, but you'll be able to take things you've learned in a previous design project, if you will, in air quotes, and kind of move that forward to another situation that you have. I think, you know, constantly asking uh, other people on your team, whether that's peers outside of the company, um, you know, just trying to further your your management craft, uh, something I've found beneficial. How about you? Ooh, I mean, for me, it's conversations like this. I think one of the main reasons why I do the Hustle podcast is for this kind of knowledge sharing in general. Yeah. Um, I don't, you know, the best, you know, without my peer group, I have had some good managers in the past and some bad managers, but I think that I, I learn a lot just by, you know, I get to talk with so many people and I can, take bits in that, you know, from different places and bring right, them together. Right. But I also invest a lot of uh, personal time and money into coaches. I think, yeah. I think that I might maybe even a little bit too much. I have three different design leader coaches. That's awesome. I have the two that I work with the most, uh, most with is Jen Derry, who is the coach that I've had for the longest time. Uh, I met her through the Bureau of Digital Affairs and she comes from a HR background and she, she helps me with the the broad spectrum of the things that I'm challenged with day to day. But then I also mm-hmm. work with uh, Peter Merholtz, who is someone that I always looked up to, someone that ran a business like ours, someone that was a client of ours. And that perspective helps me, like not just the leadership aspect, but like talking to someone that buys services from, you know, like, and I, right. I spend a lot of time doing that. But also the thing recently is by delegating this, some of this stuff to other people. I always felt like I had to carry the burden of solving our design org and our structures and our ladders all myself. And what was always happening is I wasn't getting anything done, you know? And um, Ethan Leon on our team, you know, when he finally stepped into a design management position, I saw things just sort of skyrocket in a matter of like a week or two, the amount of things that we were getting done. So I don't know. Even now I'm starting to think about delegating management, which is wild. Yeah. It is. Well, let's get back to you. What does an average day look like for you? I would say there's probably not an average day for me. It really depends. So right now I have a design team of 11. Uh, Most of those designers are uh, in Austin and I also have a large pocket in San Francisco. So I'm kind of working across two time zones here, central time and Pacific time. So depending on the day, it could be uh, some design meetings. It could be design reviews. It could be product kickoffs. It could be a roadmap meetings. Uh, it could be design leadership meetings. It kind of just depends on the day of the week. A majority of my calendar time is talking or listening. So there's not a ton of like me sitting at my desk with my headphones on. Uh, if they're on, usually because I'm on a Zoom call or something of that sort, but there's not a ton of pixel time, if you will. Uh, I work in presentations, email, Slack. Communication is more my design form now. So And, and a lot of Zoom right now, buddy, right? Yes, and a lot of yeah. Zoom. I think everybody's on Zoom right now. You said something really interesting. You said talking and listening. And yes. then that reminded me of that old saying, like, you have two ears and one mouth, so you should be listening <laughs> twice as much as you're talking. Yes. And then if you think about that into the context of the kind of variety of things that you and I deal with right. every day, I can imagine that that's an important skill set because I, I'm my, you tell me if I'm wrong, but my assumption is with all the different people you have to work with, all the different stakeholders, all the different initiatives, it doesn't seem viable that you would know all the details of all this work. So it seems, right. it, it seems like you probably spend a lot of time listening. But if yes. that's true... 
do you ever struggle with I don't I don't know what it is like maybe it's a psychological thing where you're like okay well I'm the I'm the design leader in the room I should be talking about do you ever str- talking about the design yes. do you ever struggle with that No it's an interesting question for sure I think uh especially coming off a career change recently so at Boomtown, I was there for seven years, knew our customer like in, in my veins, more or less, and could say what we needed to design or any part of the product and do it like the back of my hand. Joining GoDaddy, I didn't know our customers as well. I don't know all the teams. It's a large company. There's about 10,000 employees, I think, total for context and didn't know like the smallest details there. So yes, I, I struggle with that balance of I'm the design leader in the room, should I be leading the team? Should I be, you know, quiet? Uh, when should I speak up? When should I not speak up? Um, and I think a lot of it is like, I, I had a friend once that kind of used the reference of riding a bull and your culture is like steering a bull where you grab kind of both sides of the horns and you can't stop the bull cause it's a large animal. You're small, but you can kind of like steer it across the room a little bit, if you will. So that's, that's kind of where I see myself as almost like keeping the conversation on track or something like that. I'm obviously not the ones with all the answers. The designers are in the weeds. Um, I'm the one that's kind of pushing them to ask the right questions or fight for the right decisions or, or that kind of thing. But I, there's no way I'm going to know all the context of, you know, the, the 10 standups I've missed or any of that kind of stuff. They're, they're in the detail. So it's, yep. it's less on me to make those decisions and more on them. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's something that I just, ex- just experienced on the meeting that I had before we did this podcast. I'm in, I'm in a kickoff. My gut in the 22 years of experience tells me in my head, oh, you should be driving. But then, I, right. then, but then the, the, the other part of my brain says, nope, don't say a thing. Like, yes. just listen. And even if there's awkward silence, just listen and some, you know, like let other, you know, that's a really interesting uh, thing, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. And there's, there's times where, you know, you almost have to swallow your, your design pride or your, you know, like your individual contributor moments where you could say like, I can step up and answer this question, but it's not about me. Like if, if everybody in the company knows Chad, the design leader is the person that always has the answers, they're going to come to me. And that's not the point of what I do. It's, it's empowering your team to answer those questions. So, uh, there's, there are times where you just kind of have to like, even though you might know the answer, you have to wait for somebody on your team or nudge somebody or set somebody up to answer the question. All right. So, um, are you ever in design files? Yes, I am in design files. Uh, we use Figma. Uh, we recently moved over from Sketch. Um, I tell designers to tag me. Yeah, Fig- Figma is awesome. I can't say enough awesome things about that, honestly. Some of the projects we've been on recently, I don't think would be possible without a tool like Figma just because of its collaborative nature. Uh, you can get, you know, engineers, product managers, writers, everybody just kind of jamming on the same file. But uh, yeah, I have designers kind of tag me in there. Uh, I help them through UI questions or kind of, you know, question content or copy or that kind of thing. Um, I'm not the sole person designing something. I might drop some inspiration in or say like, hey, check this out. Like maybe, maybe kind of push this area a little bit more. Or it's not clear what I'm focusing on as a user on the screen, but it's files for me are not something I typically own. Yeah. Okay. Next question. When you joined GoDaddy, what was the size of the design yes. team? Uh, so I came in my, the design team I was managing was three, including myself. Uh, and we were kind of Austin based, uh, it used to be a company called main street hub and it was acquired a little bit before I came into GoDaddy. Um, and as it's grown throughout the last year, I now manage a design team of 11. I just literally turned uh, a full year on, uh, March 4th. So it's only been like a shade past that. Um, yeah. And 
It's grown a yeah. lot. So some are new designers, some are other designers from other teams. But the I think in the last year or so, we've hired upwards of 25 designers on the design team. So there's been there's been some big growth, which which we need. Our population of engineer and product managers are pretty pretty large. I'm curious about this, but if you don't want to talk about this, we don't have to. But I'm curious, you know, since Main Street Hub was a separate company for a long time mm-hmm. with its own culture and people that are probably there for a while, was it a challenge to like, it, well, I mean, it's probably a challenge for everyone. You have new, you, you have new companies, right. GoDaddy, and you probably have new people coming in and people that have been there for a while. Like, talk about that a little bit. Sure. Yeah, I think it's an interesting question. The company I was at before went through similar things where, you know, you're at a company for a while or you get acquired or you take on funding and the the mission you signed on for the company has shifted a little bit. That might mean personally you don't agree with it or personally you want to do something else. Maybe you're a startup person, you like small teams, that kind of thing. So there is there was a transition period where people were not interested in the large company you know, type of environment, oh, which, I, which yeah. I get. Yeah. There's also people that are excited by the fact that you know, we just augmented or boosted the size of the company by three, five times what we were doing. So if you were selling to 10,000 people and now you're selling to a million customers. So people got excited about like the almost the overnight growth or the uh, market share you could have through that. So I think there's probably like two camps. One one was interested in kind of more like the startup or smaller teams. And then others were excited about the fact that overnight you now have a huge team behind you in multiple offices across multiple time zones. Yeah. I mean, going from a team of three to a, a 11, right, in a yes. year is big. I mean, that's, that's, that's it is. big. It is. I mean, I, I would struggle with that. I mean, we're growing, but not, not at that capacity. And this is a right. company that I own and I can you know, control. So, I mean, that's, that's a lot. What's your approach on, on recruiting and hiring? Like, m- maybe talk a little bit about where you find the best people. Sure. What do you look for in a candidate? And then mm-hmm. once you have them on the team, like, how do you keep them happy? How do you make sure they're achieving their their goals? Uh, yeah, talk about that. Sure. Uh, so we'll start with interviewing and hiring and kind of what I look for. I've um, It depends on the role, obviously, but I've had good luck with people that show aptitude or like a high desire to uh, excel in a role over those that have the the best craft of of their their specific area. I'll give you an example of that. So what I mean by aptitude is you're, you're hungry. You want to learn. You have great ideas. You're not afraid to kind of like swing for the fences or try something new versus like, if you have a really great craft, like you can still be awesome at what you do. And I'm not trying to downplay that at all, but usually the people that are hungry or like kind of breathe that, or, uh, you know, spend late nights trying to hack around, like how you do animations or that kind of thing, are the ones that really want to kind of move forward or grow in their career. And I've hired both. So I'm not like trying to slant towards anyways, but I usually, you know, would index higher on aptitude over, over raw talent. The second thing, you know, I'm always looking for is somebody who's open with their feelings. Just, it sounds kind of corny, but like, are you able to communicate what you're going through? Um, are you able to talk about like what bothers you or what makes you happy or where you want to go in life? I think a lot of people assume that a manager is the one that will kind of chart a path for a designer and where that might be true at the same time, like uh, you kind of have to tell me where you want to go mm-hmm. in life. Do you want to be an individual contributor and just do some design every day? Cool. Like we have a place for you on the team. Do you want to grow and lead teams? Cool. We have a place for you on the team. Um, but it's less about where I want you to go and more about you realizing kind of where you want to go. I don't know if you experienced similar. Yeah. Uh, 
my world is a is similar, but a little bit different. You know, like mm-hmm. similar things that I look for, but a little bit different of a of a business context. You know, like uh, we're an agency, so we have to think about like you know, in order to have a business, we have to be profitable, and so there's a right. We have to have a well designed team in terms of the amount of principals, seniors, and juniors. And I'll be on, mm-hmm. I'll be really honest here. Like you don't make a lot like, from an agency perspective. You don't make a lot of money on the senior people. You make your margins on those on into, on having these blended teams, right? Right. I mean, it's just I mean, it's just the facts. It's it's just math. Uh, yeah. So you know, the other thing that's a little bit different is we have to look for people that want to work at an agency, right? Right. Because you know there are a lot of options, and the thing that an agency can provide in an in-house. Uh, team can provide they're very different so we have we have to go through a lot of uh work to figure out like if they you know if an agency is the right thing for them are they like-minded like us uh Mm -hmm. and and things like that but yeah i totally agree on the on the path thing like if someone like is waiting for me to tell them what they should do i i'm happy to maybe give my advice but it's from my perspective that's not what's best for you like it's a you know, every human being is different. Some people will have a clear idea. This is where I want to go. This is how I get there. You know, like even like Brian, who you worked with on our team for a little while, like he came to me and he yes. said, look, I want to completely transition from design to product management. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, there's people that have clarity on that. And there's other people that right. don't. It's your career. I'm happy to help you. But you have to come to the meetings and the one-on-ones and all that with a with an idea. Right. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Something I always tell, uh, designers, they'll ask like, Hey, I think I want to go into management and I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, happy to like expose you to interview process or screening portfolios or like get you immersed in kind of what I do from a day to day. The first question I always ask is, do you like to design? And usually I get this like weird face because I'm, I'm still a designer. I identify as a designer. I lead designers. So they assume I still design, but I'm like, do you like to design every day? Uh, and either it's, yes, I love the craft or I love, you know, kind of being in the pixels and thinking through solutions or it's like, ah, you know, like I, I like that, but I kind of want to explore people. Uh, if it's the latter, if it's the, I like to design, then I'm like, you, you don't want to manage. Like it's just, <laughs> it's just, it's just how it is. Like you're not going to get to do what you want to do or what makes you happy. Um, and there's, there's plenty of places for senior designers and principal designers. And we have some fantastic ones that I work with every day. You know, they're, they're at my level. I'm a director level. We have principal level designers that are at my level, but don't have to manage people. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a place for you in, in the design world. If you want to do that, don't feel like you have to go manage, but yeah, I think it's, it's all about what you want to do as a, as a person. Do you f- personally feel like our industry is at a maturity level where most companies on average can provide an equivalent career path and, and revenue earnings for a designer on an IC path and a management path? I think it depends on company size. The example, like the last company I came from, uh, we only had a small design team. I think at one point we had around 10 designers total. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's only there's only so many seats. Like it's not like everybody on the team could be a manager because then nobody's actually doing the work. Right. And there can't be five directors of a team of ten. Like that just doesn't work. So I think once you have a team that's large enough, I think it's possible to do that. If you're at a smaller company or a startup, like I don't know if it's always possible to keep that kind of balance. But I think generally people understand that you have to have senior contributors in in roles uh, similar to engineering and product where 
they are the craftspeople. Yeah. Um, and you also need managers. But yeah, I think it depends on the size of the company. But I think generally speaking, yes, yeah, most people I, I agree. think and, that way. And, and I'm really excited about that because... I am too. I think, you know, like uh, maybe a couple of years ago, maybe two or three years ago, I'd have felt differently. But I'm actually pretty excited about that because it seems like most larger design organizations have have understood that you know, you need to retain these people and need to right. let them grow in the areas that are their best because obviously taking your best designer and making them a poor manager is not yeah. a good decision. And, <laughs> no, it's never good. And, and, and people, and, and this is something that I think that I spend a lot of time on with our team. We're a small company, but we have 21 plus designers and growing. Right. But um, you don't have to be a manager to earn more. Like, but But no. like you said, Yes, the size of the team does matter because right. we couldn't have offered that two years ago when we were right. 10. But 20, that's a little but, different. Yeah, you still could have offered probably more responsibility if you're awesome yeah. as an individual contributor. You know, like maybe they're starting to lead on projects or lead pitches or, you know, or in the room with a client when you start to do some bigger, uh, more interesting ideas. Like there's, there's more responsibility that comes along with things that you can potentially earn more from versus like having to be a manager of people yeah. to earn more. Well, it, as it relates to that, like managing people and where they go, are you directly involved in designing or iterating on GoDaddy's designs, uh, design ladders? Yes. That's an interesting question. Uh, so that was something I was deeply involved with last year. We're still kind of working through um, getting that out this year. It should be out. But yeah, that was something I was heavily involved in. I think the big, the big like underscore of why we wanted to do this was initially, I think design at GoDaddy went through like a level three or four, I want to say. And it didn't go up through like a director level as an individual contributor. So something we wanted to do is match designers and leaders of people to have the same kind of track mm -hmm. uh, and to be able to progress without leading people. So now we have six levels for designers. Uh, that's kind of the intended goal. And that will go up through a director level. So you can be, you know, in the pixels or in the craft or kind of leading, uh, leading by, you know, being an industry expert or that kind of thing and not manage people and still still be a high senior person on the team. Okay, cool. Uh, two questions. Yes. Um, so Chad and I are both in a group called The Fold, which uh, Fun Size organizes. If you're a, a Texas-based design leader anywhere in Texas and you want to talk openly with people about this stuff, go to funsize.co slash The Fold. But I wanted to ask you, would you be willing to share your ladders with The Fold community? Sure. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Cool. And what tools are you using to manage those ladders? Uh, so today we're using, uh, literally like as we're designing them, they're in just a spreadsheet. Um, and we're kind of looking at, you know, roll one, roll two, roll three, roll four. They're based on Radford's model. That's what GoDaddy uses for their design ladders. And then it's kind of up to the manager and designer to kind of work through, uh, some of the details there. Dude, um, have you seen progression app? No, I haven't. I've got to look at it Dude, now based on your face. I mean, <laughs> um, I mean, it, uh, it's straightforward. It's, it's okay. a, it's a web-based software to help design managers create ladders, distribute it to their team and negotiate, have those conversations and negotiations with their team. So like it, it, awesome. it was made for design teams, but it, in theory it works for any kind of organization, but like, right. okay, you, I, I really suggest you look at this because, okay. um, oh, well. oh, my, oh my God. Like, um, we're, we're working on rolling it out, but it's just, it's so awesome, right? You, 
you can take those things that you would normally do in a, in a sheet and like put it into the software, but you can like designers have access to see like, what's the difference between like senior designer and principal designer. And, and they can look at the differences between the soft skills and hard skills, which are all customized and they can see what those differences are and how they get there. They can also compare the, you know, management they can. And then Mm -hmm. as design managers, you can see a bird, a a hundred thousand foot view of like, what are the skills of the team? That's cool. And it's, it's really cool. I like, you should, you should definitely check it out. Yeah. I took a note. uh, Another thing about it that I thought was really cool is that it's open source in the sense that a lot of companies have been adding their ladders frameworks to this Mm -hmm. and you can, you can install them as a starting point and then customize them. So that's cool. They already have like uh, Cap Watkins, like you mentioned, Yes, like his system is in there. Uh, Peter Merholtz's like Capital One system. Like there's a lot of like really interesting things in there. That's awesome. I think the number one, I don't know about you, but I think the number one question that I hear from designers is like, what's the difference between this particular job and this particular yes. job? Anyway. I hear that a lot. Okay. Now back, back to you again. So what are the skills that you're trying to develop or improve on in personally? Ooh, it's an interesting question. I think, you know, as you grow, you always want to learn new skills and try and develop more things. I think something I always try to do and like struggle with at the same time is kind of inspiring designers to do the best they can do. And I think that's easy to say, but depending on your motivation or attitude during the current day, or if you give, uh, you know, a different one-on-one because you had a hard meeting before that, like your, your excitement and your uh, impression you leave on a designer kind of depends on how you inspire them. So I don't want to say there's like a a faking amount to some of some of what you do as a manager, but there's very much like I I have to show up for you in a a respectable capacity and be emotionally available. I can't just show up and kind of phone it in and be like, you know, low voiced and whatever else, like you're not going to get much out of that. So I think inspiring designers is, is one I'm always kind of looking for. And I think storytelling or presentation is, is another one. Uh, that's something that I think is a constant for designers, whether that's through communication or presentations or just telling a story of, you know, why we need investment in design or why we want to build something new, or it's kind of like a constant thing you're always telling. Are you talking people. about you're wanting to grow as a storyteller as you communicate things to your designers or as you communicate them upstream to yeah, I think I think upstream. I think downstream I've gotten decently good. I'm sure I have designers that are kind of like poking fun at me right now. But, uh, you know, it, being able to kind of distill down the idea of what we want to do and relate it back to them. Yeah. I think, you know, just being like a homegrown person selling up to, you know, like senior leadership or VPs or that kind of thing of why we need to invest in design or, you know, communicating the ROI of why we need to do something is not something I've had a ton of exposure to unless, you know, I've kind of put myself in that situation. So I think obviously it's like anything more repetition you get there, the better you get. But that's something I'm kind of always looking at, like, how do I make a better case for designers or investing in designers or giving them more time or more resources or whatever that looks like? Cool. What is the one thing that you're the most excited about trying to solve this year? Hmm. I think so coming off uh, our reorg where we're kind of focused around customer outcomes, I think we all kind of know we have some seams and some gaps and some holes to fix. 
I kind of feel like from a a organization standpoint, we're kind of set up to tackle some of that. And I think getting our, you know, our experience leveled up in some ways is, is kind of what I'm most excited for. There's a lot of work to be done, which is exciting as a designer, you know, it's, it's not always fun if everything's like, uh, perfectly polished and everything works great. There's not a ton to reinvest in, but I think right now there's a lot of growth and a lot of new product areas that we're developing in. So I think for me, it's kind of like investing in the new, new stuff that we're building this year and making things easier for our customers, I think is what's most, most exciting for me. That's awesome. Chad's awesome. Uh, GoDaddy's awesome. They're doing a lot of a lot of cool things. You should check out GoDaddy, uh, especially if you live in Austin or you're, you're interested in exploring opportunities. Um, check out what they're doing. Thank you so much for your time. I have one last question for you. Sure. Uh, and then I'll, I'll let you get back to uh, being to back to Zoom yeah, Zoom call. Back soon. to another Zoom call. <laughs> what do you want to be known for? Like, what is the le- like when 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 you're dead and gone and you're buried six feet under? Yeah. What is it that you want people to think about you? It's, it's really interesting question. Uh, and I think probably something I've struggled with most of my life. Uh, if I'm honest, I think usually I'm not a spotlight person. Like I don't like to, uh, be the one on the main stage or receive all the credit or any of that kind of stuff. I'm more of the like humble plot along type of person. Um, and I guess by saying that I'm not humble in, in, you know, acknowledging that, but to me, I'm, I've always been a background person. So I've always struggled with like, do I want to be the one that's known for lots of things or the one that just like, you know, was the glue person that kind of held everything together. I think just as corny as this is going to sound like kind of showing up and always giving all the effort you have, uh, because especially now, since we're all kind of locked inside, you never really know what the next day is going to hold. So, uh, you know, showing up like this might be the last time you're ever going to design something or, uh, you know, have an impact on the company you're making, uh, because life is short. So hopefully that I, that I show up and give 110% and I'm genuine with what I do. (laughs) That's awesome, Chad. Thanks for entertaining (laughs) all my silly questions. Of course. Thank you. Uh, how can people connect with you? Yes. Uh, great question. I'm on Twitter at, at Chad Engel. I'm kind of in and out of there. I try to limit these days on Twitter. I used to be addicted to it pretty heavily. It's a good place to find me though. Uh, also across the web on medium, Instagram at Chad Engel. I tried to keep my username pretty simple. So yeah, reach out. I'm, I'm happy to entertain questions at any point or comments or conversation, whatever. That's how, that's how we met. So thanks again for making time. Uh, yeah, appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, everyone, for tuning back in, and we'll see you next time. Cheers. Cheers. Hustle is brought to you by FunSize, a digital service and product design agency that works with inspiring teams to uncover opportunities, evolve popular products, bring new businesses to market, and prepare for the future. Learn more at funsize.co. I'm Dina, a product designer at FunSize. Thanks for listening. Bye.